Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, welcome from Kansas City. Feeling the love, feeling the red, feeling the holiday spirit. We have uh, David uh, Ilyachar, known as Big Bob, very successful business person. And he is just calling in to give a little cameo about his wonderful city. And he has a gorgeous book. Well, it is a great book for building your business. It's called Wartime Retail. And uh, I got to say, I don't read every book I get. But David, this is a brilliant book. And I would be so proud to be... uh, the publisher, marketer, and anything I can do to help get this book out there more. I know you're not crazed about making a, a, a bigger impact with this book, as you've alluded to, but I love Dr. this. Dr. Smiley. Yes, sir. Did you actually read it? I did. I read it twice, actually. <laughs> really? I have, yeah. It has lots of pictures. Well, that is the biggest reason, but the second biggest reason is you have, <laughs> you have a good sense of humor. Okay. Your great sense of humor really shows up, and you do great storytelling. You you have really nice epiphany uh, conclusions to your story, so I, I really enjoyed it. I will tell you, when you first sent it to me, I wasn't jumping to read it because I saw the cover, and I was like, this this book's over 20 pages to read, and so I wasn't thinking I was going to commit, but I, once I started reading it, it's, it's about just shy of 200 pages, and you have so much gold in here. This is certainly a download of your your mind and your commitment to excellence, and I heard at your corporate party last night, you said the industry is down 20, 20%, generally speaking, and it was not. It did not affect your company, which says you're doing something different. Hmm. Well, first of all, our model is slightly different. Um, we're, we're going, we're, we're positioning ourselves as a value proposition retailer. Value is being defined as competitive price, with exceptional service. Uh, we have um, 80% of, of our sales are out of our inventory, so it's uh, ready for immediate installation. We don't have to wait on the manufacturers to ship it to us. And the answer is always yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Customers can ask us anything they want. We'll put carpet on the dark side of the moon for them. The answer is yes. might take us longer, cost you more, but the answer is always going to be yes. I know one question that you don't like to hear and say yes to is the question, do you like to, to do you like to answer no? <laughs> I'm not stepping into that. <laughs> well, David, uh, we met each other uh, through the, the brilliant uh, event, Becoming the Better You. And it's uh, Terrence and Brenda uh, Ringwood and Terrence Leffridge. And Terrence is the unstoppable character. And I just want to say that I'm so glad that they had this event and that I was able to meet you uh, here in Kansas City. And you take a lot of pride in making sure someone feels welcome in your city. So I also wanted to acknowledge that I have been uh, taken care of. Anything I needed, you uh, made sure it happened. And I hope to reciprocate this beautiful hospitality when you come to our back neck of the woods in D.C. D.C. 
I, I haven't heard many nice things about D.C. I have been there a few times. Um, Smithsonian took my kids through the, the mall. Um, but really, D.C., who would want to live in D.C.? I don't know, but after uh, Mayor Marion Barry in 1993 at the National Press Club said, outside the killings, D.C. is one of the safest cities in the United States. I really, I think a lot of people want to move there. <laughs> yeah. Other, other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> well, I know you're not a big museum guy, but uh, I, I am, I'm very proud that some of the best museums in the world, and they're all free, about 14 of them, are in my backyard. And it's funny, I only get to see them when I take the likes of you. Well, I should say Kevin, Jed, and Larry, because they'll let me take them to the, the museum. I said to uh, David yesterday, I said, David, uh, you know, in Kansas City, I'd, I'd like to go to a museum. He goes, I don't go to museums. And, and, and I don't know if I'm doing the bark well enough. But he, David, I like the fact well, that, that you don't. That sounds awfully arrogant. That sounds yeah, awfully I know. ignorant. <laughs> who, who would not want to go to museums and, and look at the proud history of humankind? I, I agree. There's only probably a couple people in the world that would say no to that. And they can't say no because they love saying yes. You know, um, okay, I'll go to museums with you. Yes. At least go once. I mean, I'm taking my son to some museums and he's not really fond of them either. But, uh, you know, you get an appreciation for them, just like a book when you actually take a deeper dive and understand the the creative force, the inspiration. I, I do want to say to the the audience what a, a wonderful gesture you had with me. You said, hey, Ken, are you are you good at gambling? And I said, I'm not really that good. He goes, let me take you uh, to play poker then. <laughs> and I said, and we'll keep playing until you get good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> Part part of getting good is learning how to lose, and mm. we'll 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 make sure you get a full full portion uh, of losing until you can master the game. That's a good way to do it. Well, I wanted to acknowledge our our good friend Cleo. I don't know his last name, but he retired last night from uh, a beautiful stint of work with you guys. Uh, and I thought it was so eloquent, and such a great ending to the event that he was sentimental. Um, and, and it, you could see that it wasn't just sentimental. His He was choked up a bit that he shared with your entire employee staff that the best years uh, he's had working were with you and that uh, working with you and your company made him a better person. I thought that was just such a, a great. You know, uh, we, we've been in business for 40 years, 40 years. Cleo Johnson is the first person ever retired from Big Bob's standing up. Yeah, it's amazing. People have died on the job. But he's the first one who said, uh, I'm 72 years old. I've had enough. I'm going to retire. Thank you very much. Um, it's been a wonderful ride. So hey, we, we celebrate his retirement. Yeah. And, and his life is, uh, he felt. And, and, he, well, and his he, life's not over yet. No, but his life is being celebrated that he spent it with you. So that's beautiful. And he, and he won, uh, uh, he, he lost his bonefish. Uh, they did a, 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 <laughs> a a sand exchange, and he lost his bonefish uh, gift card to go to his favorite restaurant. So Bob gave up his his uh, gift to go ahead and get the 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 gift for Bob and make it sure he got it back. So that was pretty classy too. Yeah, it, it's ironic because I bought that gift card knowing that if Cleo had a chance, he'd pick it out. Uh, yeah. The last couple of years, every time a salesperson hits a certain sales goal, which we put out there, which is hard to reach. I take them to a restaurant of their choice in celebration and acknowledgement of a job well done. And he's won the award a couple of times. 
and he always chooses bonefish. Now, me personally, I go to Capitol Grill, but he likes bonefish. So we've been to bonefish together a couple of times, and, and that was why it was meaningful to him. Well, as a closing couple of com- um, comments, because we're going to have you on the show again, and we're going to take a deeper dive into Wartime Retail, a book authored by Big Bob. And uh, I cannot emphasize your business will be better. And his closing remarks to his folks yesterday was, we are all responsible and have our own job to do, and we all do it together. We do better. We grow together. And so I just want to say that I have read this book. I've applied what I've learned in this book, and it is making my life better. So, David, thank you so much for not only being a great host and a great friend, but a contributor to my life being more abundant. You know, Ken, believe it or not, so far it's been my pleasure, and it's been reciprocated on all counts. Thank you very much for allowing me the platform. For anybody who wants to hear more of my shenanigans, um, we, we have our own podcast called What's up, Big Bob and Ann? And uh, if you join, you'll probably be the seventh or eighth person who watches it. Thank you very much. God bless. And don't, don't sign off yet. Have a great day. And don't sign off yet. So, David, how, how can people connect with you? You want me to give out my home phone number? No, let's give uh, out my email address. Email super. address is Big Bob's. Excuse me. Let me start all over. Big Bob at bigbobskc.com. And you are hearing, and you're, yeah, yeah. Big Bob, Big Bob. Sure we put it Most people don't know how I, I, I respond to emails probably about once a week. Okay. And Big Bob has uh, the KC email because he had how many uh, franchise stores? 150? Well, at one time we had stores from Anchorage to Boston, uh, Winnipeg to Corpus, um, we've opened up 106, 107 stores in the 40 years we've been in business. We've written over a million invoices and done over a billion dollars in gross revenue. And you're a trivia hound. You were the one who uh, schooled me on the fact that Jacksonville, Florida is not the biggest landmass city in the United States, but there were four and they all reside in in Alaska. Yeah, but it is. It is the biggest in the lower 48. Yeah, the continental, the great 48, as they call it, right? The continental 48. Right. So Alaska has four of them. Uh, Anchorage and Juneau, I recall, were two of them. And so thank you for always just part a light in a, and teaching me how to be a funnier, better person. I, I enjoy life more with you. Thank you. <laughs> Jen, catch you soon. Take care, brother. Oh, and hugs. oh you know. Hey, David, you know, the one thing I'll go, I'll go with uh, so that this is a personal joke, but the audience will at least appreciate that we had fun. Are you ready for this? Ready for this? I'm ready for it. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> every, time someone opened a gift, every time someone opened a gift, no one else in the entire place did that, but we did it every single time there was a gift to open. Ooh. <laughs> ah. well, I will introduce you. Love you, too. I, I'll introduce you to the wonderful people on the show uh, after the show. All right. And I'll see you at one o'clock because we're going we're going to some museums. Yes, we are. All right. Take care. Kevin, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. Chilling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So Kevin Wright flew in from Jamaica and he is in a mastery business class and he got his graduation. He invited me to witness it and to photograph it and to just get closer to him as a brother. And he is uh, extremely well connected in Jamaica, so much so that I will just 
manifest and say that for four years I've been wanting to meet Usain Bolt. And with uh, only minutes of knowing him, he says, I can make that happen. So, Kevin, you are a, a champion of champions, and I'm so excited for what you created. He finished with straight A's. He was the only person to finish with straight A's in his um, business mastery program. So, Kevin, let us know um, what brought you to the U.S. And, and how you got in the program real quick. Okay, so what brought me to the U.S. basically was my graduation here in Kansas City, Missouri, you know? And basically, the opportunities here are vast, you know what I mean? Because I have a successful photography business back in Jamaica, Jamaica Flying Dress. That's the name of it. And right now, we're looking to expand globally with this new brand called World's Richest Photographer. Is it me? You know what I mean? Yeah, and you have a studio now in D.C. because I told you my studio is your studio. Exactly. Actually, exactly. May, I, may I expand on that real quick? I, within meeting uh, Kevin within three minutes, uh, Larry and Jed, I said, wow, you have a studio in Jamaica. I have one in uh, in D.C. He says, anytime you need a, a studio in Jamaica, my studio is available to you. Like just that quick. I knew him two or three minutes. So he is a very his, equally hospitable person. And uh, and he just he's fearless. He I told him I was doing a photo shoot for a fashion company for a copy table book. And he says, what day? I said, the 16th of December. He says, I'm booking my flight right now. Oh. <laughs> just like that bro. Ken, yeah. I really appreciate you as a brother you know what I mean your yeah. family you know I, know I know the only problem we had the reason I had to wear this hat Jed and Larry is because so many of the folks at the event were confusing that we looked they couldn't tell us apart so I wore, <laughs> wore the holiday Santa hat and I, and I went to Target and I got gray for men so that my beard would be a little lighter than his that's the only chance we had <laughs> Yeah. So uh, you have some you have some big plans in the U.S. If you just share briefly uh, your big plan that you're doing uh, for 2024 and how we can support you. Okay, for 2024, we're going to have a team, a vast team here in the states nationwide, where we cater to you know. That's one thing. That's one thing. Yes. Yeah, he's got to keep smiling, man. He's making a keep smiling. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's making a Jamaican. It's going to be a Jamaican flag, and he's making Keith smile. And that's, that's only one thing. I didn't mean to interrupt. So you have some really big plans. That's just one of them. Go ahead. Yeah, so basically we're, we're building a team right now on, on this soil for, you know, world's richest photographer. Mm -hmm. that, you know what I mean? And I'm going, to guess that, I'm going to guess that includes New York, Atlanta, and D.C. primarily. Is that right? Exactly. exactly. So Larry and Jed, uh, he was there to witness. Uh, he flew in another day to actually witness the jumbotrons in Times Square, and he he photographed all our authors. And I have to tell you what a treat that was because when I don't have to have a camera in my hand, I get to be, you know, uh, not only the publisher, but I can be I can be the the coordinator. I can be all these other things. I can be the communicator. But when you have a camera, you have a job to do, and that really uh, is taken away from you when you drop the camera down and you do something else. So he was very focused, and he allowed, and he got me the photos right away. I mean, it's just amazing how it works. Yeah. So um, anything you want to say before uh, we move to our guest? Anything else you want to say? Okay, I just want to say, people, people, you know, just trust in God. You know what I mean? No matter what, you know? And how do people reach you? How can people follow you? Okay, people can follow me through Instagram right now at world's richest photographer. And show, show the card real quick. You know what so, I mean? So we made that card for you, Kevin. You know that, right? I know that, you know? And it's he's going to go back to Jamaica. Love your rings. And by the way, what a humble person he is. He's got straight A's. The only person who gets straight A's, he goes up to the podium and he says, this is God. And I'm so, 
I'm so thankful to God that I was able to experience this. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to a great 2024 with you. Happy holidays, brother. Great 2024. Bringing smiles to the world. Okay. Thank you. All right, Dr. Jed. Um, We met you at the Rhode Island uh, Authors Association, uh, as well as Larry. And I said to you, and I don't know if you really got it at that moment, but I had met almost half the authors there. And I said, you are brilliant. You're doing such amazing work. And I said, I would love to show these books to my son. And he says, I'd like to give you some books. And that gesture showed me where your heart is. You're not doing authorship to make money. You're doing authorship for impact. And impact is always rewarded by money, uh, abundance. So thank you. I, I just, I love these books. And I was so thankful when you said, go ahead and pick two or three of them. And I heard the number three and I did pick three, <laughs> but I just want to show the books off real quick. These, these are gorgeous books. I mean, Kevin, this is the kind of book that would really make a difference in Jamaica. It shows oh. it's bringing the world together. These uh, books, uh, there are two stories in one, and we're going to talk about that, um, what these different stories are briefly. There's the book. And then the last one, which is actually my first one I read, the beginning. So I read them in this order, the beginning, then I went uh, growing up with changes and challenges, and then I finally got this. And I'm going to be reading with my son too, Chad. So I love the flow of the books. I love the illustrations in the book. It is such a fun, let me get there, really fun illustrations. I I think my favorite had to do with the changes. Yes, changes and the leaf one. I love Leafy. Leafy was definitely one of my favorites, but beautiful illustrations, beautiful uh, flow of, of the, of this story and, and the meaning. So Dr. Jed, we have about, let's say five or six minutes to take a little bit of a dive into your life. And then we're going to come back after break and we're going to talk more about the book. So let's talk about you first. And Kevin, you can stay on as long as you'd like. So uh, Dr. Jed, if you would uh, be concise so we can get as many questions as possible. First question is, where were you born and what was your childhood like? I was actually born in Virginia, but um, my Art. early my early childhood was in Honolulu, Hawaii. Really, my father was a minister, my mother a teacher. They moved to Honolulu. I'm old enough that was pre statehood. Wow! And the influencing factor there too. My mother a teacher, my father a minister. I wound up being both. When I was a young child, I. My brother and I were the only two Caucasian kids in our entire neighborhood. There were 18 different cultures represented. And I think that shaped the rest of my life. Yes, I can imagine because uh, when I moved to India, I was the absolute only white kid in my entire school of Indian students. And one, one thing I've noticed about someone that's comfortable enough to have this and that has lived this is they see humanity. Yeah. Humanity first. And you don't need to say, I, I have these friends or I have these races represented. No, you see humans and anybody could actually be a friend. Yeah. And one of the things I, I, I always do with uh, speaking or, or writing, and particularly children's stories, is inclusive language. Um, so that it's, it, it's not, I'm preaching, I'm not preaching inclusivity, but I'm demonstrating inclusivity. Um, so the characters like Leafy the Leaf doesn't have a gender name, a sex name. It's just Leafy. So every kid could identify with Leafy. Leafy Leafy's a good guy. I got to tell you that. I mean, a good a good uh, 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at how happy Leaf he is. That's a very happy Leaf. Okay, so from childhood to uh, Honolulu, uh, and where in Virginia were you born? Lynchburg, but I was only there for two years. Okay. Well, that was longer than I was where I was. I was born in Warwick, Rhode Island, which is why I, I love Rhode Island. But in two weeks later, I was in Paris. Okay. Dad, oh, wow. <laughs> so similar in that we were jolted off to experience life in a lot of different forms. And, and you know, uh, I love St. Augustine's quote about, the, uh, about books and the world. It says, uh, he says, the world is a book and those that don't travel only see one page. Mm. I like that. Yes. So you've seen lots of pages. Uh, what I, you said, your mom and dad kind of molded the fact that you wanted to be uh, their identities in some way. And I, I also relate to that. I went in the army as an officer. My dad was an officer and I was a teacher. My mom ta taught English and history. So I, we have a lot in common, Jed. Sounds like it. T tell me when you uh, decide you're going to write your first book. Well, it was always a dream when I was a little kid, but I was 75 before my first book was published by a traditional publisher. Um, and, and are you, are you over 60 right now? I'm yeah, a little bit. I'm 76. <laughs> and you've, you've been cranking these books out then. Yeah. And a year and a half, I've cranked out 20 books. Um, most of them children's stories. Now those as a minister, I used to tell stories as a part of the worship service. Um, they were just, uh, verbal stories. I always dreamed of having an illustrated book of those stories, but I never found an illustrator until I was 75. And in the last year and a half, we just cranked them out. So uh, give a shout out to your illustrator. He, he's amazing. Jerry Asis is also from Rhode Island, uh, just a couple of miles from here. I had a book of, of oral storytelling. It was a, a book about um, uh, how to do storytelling, how to write, uh, the, the psychology behind uh, telling stories. And uh, I took it to the local senior center and said, I'd like to give this book to the senior center. Uh, you know, I wish I had an illustrator that was so I could make illustrated books out of this. And they said, go down the hall. We have a person who's teaching an art class for senior citizens. And we connected and we just kept rolling them out. Well, we may have uh, Jerry um, do some books with Perfect Publishing, and we may even have the two of you come back with another set of these books for a future show. Be glad to do it. And Jerry's a very talented guy. No doubt about it. Okay, so um, what's next with you on these books? Oh, by the way, before I say this, I'm going to connect you both, Larry and, and Jed specifically. I'm going to connect you to a lady who I believe is in her early 80s. Her name is uh, Dr. Connie, and she goes by Dr. Icon. And she is attempting, and we are backing this up, to do 100 children's books in one year. Wow. We got five. We already got five done in December. Wow. Uh, we figured the pace is 10 a, 10 a, 10 a month, and we have a, an illustrator that uh, seems to be able to keep the pace. It's two and a half books a week. That's a lot of work. It is, but she's already written the stories, so the stories are not the issue. The, okay. the whole thing that you know is the illustration. So. Yeah. I said to her, have you written the 100 stories? She goes, I could write 200 if I wanted to. She, she, she taught for uh, 40 years in the public school system. And so she just she has uh, just a love for telling stories and having the messages. So she, she comes up with a name. We're coming up with an idea, and I want to put you guys together because maybe uh, we'll customize some 
books that include some of your characters in her books. I'm I'm deeming her the the female Dr. Seuss. Uh-huh. <laughs> she loves she loves the poetic dance of the theme, and and not only the poetic but just the the like the flow that you care about so much, Jed, in your books. So that'll be a connection. I'm going to fly to meet her tonight and have dinner with her. She's in St. Louis. Good. All right. So uh, we are going to be going to break in a couple minutes. So Jed, why don't you talk uh, about uh, your your teaching and your philosophy uh, with regard to why you do these books? Uh, the, the, the educational background for ministry and for psychology um, has influenced me a lot, as well as my background in a diverse culture. <laughs> Uh, one of the things about writing and storytelling is that I've learned <clears throat> um, to, to if you preach a lesson, educationally, that's not as valuable as inviting a, a, a journey of discovery. Hmm. So my books are open-ended about universal life experiences, followed up by questions. So, for example, you referred to Leafy the Leaf. Uh, the story is about a leaf that refuses to let go when winter arrives. It introduces the classic psychological struggle of when to hold on, when to let go. And there's a bit of mystery as to why Leafy lets go, but Leafy does, and it's okay. But it's still an open-ended story. Now that we've introduced this theme, what are you thinking about? And my goal is to let the child lead the parent or teacher to the discussion. It may be, well, uh, I, I think it's time to let go of this uh, teddy bear. Uh, or it may be, I just had an argument with my best, 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 best friend, and I'm going to let go of that friend. Well, wait a minute. Let's talk about this. So that's that's my approach. Yeah. And also whether you let go of the argument to have the friend. Yes. So yes. It's, yeah. a, you, it's an open discussion depending on the context and the child's journey. I love this because uh, I had this thing about not quitting. So I would never quit, which is a different way of saying not let go. And I went to a college that I didn't really care for. I went to seven colleges, but I went to one specifically. I won't name it, but I just really was miserable. And I even, I failed out, even though I got a 4.0 in some of my other colleges. I hated this college, so I, I didn't perform and I wouldn't quit. And so that was my lesson. When I read Leafy the Leaf, I said, you know, this is about making decisions that are just make you happy, make you prosper. And yeah. we sometimes have to be right. And we forget that being right is being attached or not quitting the fact yes. that you, you could have something else bigger, which is a friendship. Yeah. And the whole issue of holding on, let it go is an open-ended question of sometimes you need to hold on forever. Sometimes you need to let go and let go quickly yes. and everything in between. Well, Dr. Jeb, we're going to have, we're going to return and continue with a, a deeper dive in these books. And then we're going to get to Larry. So this show is sponsored by Perfect Publishing, the Keep Smiling Movement. Keep Smiling Mon. We got a, we got our wonderful world-class photographer who's going to be building the Jamaican one. And uh, of course, uh, the Umbrella Syndicate. And if I haven't said RIAA, Rhode Island Authors Association, a great place to have an, uh, to learn and meet 250 other authors at the Crown Plaza in Warwick, Providence. I've been there two times and you meet the lovely people like this. You're about to meet Larry and get to know him a little better after the break. We'll be back in about a minute.
Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at theumbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, Ken Rashan here on Amplified Voice America, giving a love and shout out to Jeff Spinard, the visionary who created um, our lovely platform called Voice America, uh, looking down on us and saying, keep amplifying life of leaders that inspire hope and create community. So really excited to have our friend Kevin Wright still hanging in there from Jamaica. And uh, we had David, Big Bob, known as Big Bob, sharing his business. And I wanted to give you an opportunity, Dr. Jed. I didn't ask you a question I normally ask, which is, uh, was there anything you heard from either Big Bob or from Kevin that you wanted to comment on? Well, I think uh, I need to be looking at a broader spectrum of uh, marketing and uh, uh, and I do some consulting. So I realize there's always something to learn. Well, <clears throat> when we start working together as friends i just want to say that in the back of kenny's books it shows all the other children's books that we represent mm. and, you know we have two massive lanes of perfect publishing one is the leaders of now like you jed like you larry like you kevin okay these are leaders that teach leadership uh, are playing big and are inspiring people to be leaders as adults but then the other leaders are, of course, our future leaders. And you are both responsible for inspiring adults because you just said you have parent stories in here. And then you also have kids that are going to read it. And this is this is just to give you an idea of the gentleman that's helping us get the 100. This is uh, my son holding a cat, his one of two of his cats. And this is 
the illustrator showing that. And I share that from a standpoint that your illustrator is doing top-notch work, which sell, sells the story. And so this yep. is the illustrator that's helping us get uh, Dr. Icon's books done. And the last one I'll just show really quickly is this one, Magnolia Grace. Actually, I, I have two others real quick. This is The Seed. And this is what I do. It shows uh, Dr. Jed as I show off the books that we're representing. And this happened because I lived in India. Mm -hmm. And this is very symbolic of this book. Yeah, pretty similar. That's why I, I gravitated to it so much, because you make friends around the world when you actually accept friends from around the world. Yeah. Real simple stuff. So, uh, Dr. Jed, uh, I, I would like to hear a little more about um, the stories themselves. So let's. So we're basically selling to the parents that this is a book they should they should read with their child, and that they will glean certain. So if you want to just give a little one minute synopsis of this and what they'll get from uh, buying this book, this is about a very old table uh, that has a wonderful life, uh, family events around a table, daily events, holidays, um, birthdays, and so on. But for some reason the table finds itself discarded and it doesn't know why. And I purposefully don't explain why because a child listening may, it may be because, well, grandpa died and I guess they're getting rid of grandpa's table or maybe the parents are getting divorced and maybe they're separating their things. That's open-ended, undeclared. Um, the table then hopes it's a hopeful table and hopes for a new life. It gets picked up by a truck and winds up in a community center with a di diverse uh, gathering of families. And it relives all of its wonderful early life, but it adds to it. There's more to discover because there's a diverse family in this community center. So that's basically the story. Love it. And uh, the, the, the language is so intentional that you use, which I, I love that you really have thought out each page and what words have to be there and how they have to be orchestrated to get the story across. Would you like to go to uh, the believing is the beginning? We can start with the cloud real quick. Uh, the caring cloud is a cloud that cares about all the creatures on the earth. But then it thinks one day, what if I can't be seen? Does that mean someone may wonder, is the caring gone? So the cloud has to come up with a plan. I want to be sure, even if I'm invisible, I want to be sure that everyone knows I'm still there and the caring is still there. Super. And the Flutterby, which is a accompanying story in that particular book. And the Flutterby uh, has a big dream about the caterpillar wants to become a flutterby, butterfly. Um, but there's a problem and that occurs in life and that occurs in all most of the books. How am I going to learn to fly and when? There's another caterpillar that says, I'm not going to worry about it until it happens. And the caterpillar central figure says, well, maybe I need to start working on that now. So happens to walk by a cocoon. Anybody, anybody there? Uh, Oh, yeah, I'm here. You want some help? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to learn how to fly. Well, there's some work to do. So let's begin. Well, last question really quickly, because I'm going to bring you back for the rapid fire at the end of the, at the, end of the show. And we want to give okay. Larry some time. So just very, very briefly, the you're teaching the water cycle. 
of the uh, the little drop. So if you could do that in a minute or less. Okay. The, wa- the, the drop of water goes through the water cycle, gets drawn up in the cloud, falls back down. Every time there's a change, uh, the drop of water thinks, oh my gosh, my life must be over. Um, and I'm going through some elective surgeries coming up in my next year. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, my life must be over. Well, no, it's got a, you know, a next stage. So uh, the story ends with the, the drop of water wondering, hmm, this has been kind of fascinating. What's going to change next? Awesome. So I invite everyone to follow Dr. Jed by his books. Uh, where can people get the books besides Amazon? Do you have a website or something? I have a website, uh, www.griswoldconsulting.net. Okay, and that's how you spell Griswold right there. And we'll make sure there's links, and you can add those links to us, uh, Dr. Jed. What a pleasure it was to meet you. You have a beautiful heart, beautiful mind, and I'm so glad we have a new friendship. Thank you. All right, so stay on, uh, because at the end of the show, I'm going to ask you four or five questions if we have time. All right? Okay. Larry, you are are the top banana. So (laughs) it's kind of interesting that your names are so close. I mean, look at that. You got that name. I mean, these names are, it's almost like you were separated at birth a little bit with your last name. (laughs) Could be, you never know. Yeah. So I saw you eating a banana and, and and having so much laughter, love, and joy when you were having that banana. I called you the top banana and you you acknowledged that that really was a possibility. You never know. Well, never you, know. you are definitely beyond the 50 shades of life, love, and laughter. I opened the book up and, you know, Larry is very much like Dr. Jed. He says, I want you to have this book. And so I raced over to my table and got a book for him. But he wanted this message out in the world. And uh, I, I refused. I paid I paid top dollar for the top banana to, to sign the book. And so there's a, a nice little, little signature there. So, Larry, what, what brought you to make this book happen? Um, what was that? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear uh, well, we want to talk about who you are, but I wanted to ask you because I just showed the book off. What caused you to write this book? Uh, I do a monthly column for uh, Rhode Island Primetime Magazine, which is primarily for older people. And the book itself is a kind of a combination of 50 of those columns. Um, when I retired from the Division of Elderly Affairs, uh, I was a communications director and I spent a lot of time writing about Medicare and health insurance and everything else. And I decided when I retired, I wanted to continue writing. There you go. And But I didn't want to do program stuff. I wanted to do exactly what it was I wanted to do, whatever struck my fancy that particular month. And Rhode Island Primetime Magazine allows me to do that. So it's, it's a conglomeration of many different ideas. Yeah, go ahead and read this title. Oh, yeah. Oh, Woodsockets Columbo Line? Yeah. Jim among, uh, yeah, that was a great interview with actually Columbo Vine's widow. Uh, okay. She was fascinating to talk to. She really was. Well, I, I have not finished the the book, but I am enjoying reading it. And every single one is a, is a new, enlightening, I guess, way to look at things, perspective, viewpoint. So um, we're going to find out who you are. But I want to say the big compliment, Jed, that he gave me. And when he saw this beard and I had taken the time to to white it out, he says, you might be old enough to have this book. Oh, you never know. (laughs) There's a lot of past, present, future things in there. Well, we're going to talk about the book a little more, uh, but I want to know about you. So, Larry, how did you become this great person that you are? 
Uh, I became the great person I am uh, through the efforts of my parents and my family and my wife. And Where were you born? Several... Oh, no, go ahead. Where were you born? I was born in Providence, actually South Providence, uh, and lived there most of my life. Um, I moved up here to North Providence when I got married, but I was the product of two jewelry workers who actually worked in the, in the, the infamous jewelry district. In, in Rhode Island, I actually did some work in jewelry shops myself. Uh, it's no fun. I found out it's no real fun working in a jewelry shop in the middle of July when it's about 100 degrees and you're standing next to the uh, plating tank. So I decided it might be better to go to school rather than, rather than spend my life doing that. What was your defining moment that uh, in, in your earlier childhood or, or whenever it was that perpetuated you becoming an author? Uh, I always liked writing and telling stories. Um, people tell me, and I don't I don't know because I, obviously I don't analyze my own work, but one of the things I like to do is it's just telling a story. It's just a conversation is all it is. And I've had people say to me or, or convey that sentiment to me, sentiment to me more than once. It's just like sitting down and and having a conversation with somebody, they're all very conversational. Well, storytelling is a, a real art. It's a real skill set. And if you are either a minister or a teacher or even a salesperson, stories sell, facts tell. And so when you can convey a story, you start embedding it with principles and with uh, morals, ethics, and and enlightening epiphanies. So I I caught that about you right out of the gate. I mean, really, honestly, within 10 or 20 seconds. And I will say this to you, D Jed, don't get mad at me. But I only bought two books at the event. I bought yours right out of the gate. And then there was a young lady who had all these beautiful illustrations. Mm -hmm. and, and she had $5 for her books. And it was way under. And I felt bad for her. And so even though I, I liked her and I liked the book and she deserved the $5, it was underpriced. And so I, I wanted to be one of the people that didn't say, oh, $5 and to walk away. I wanted to say, here. $5. So mm. she, she gave me one of her books. Um, what, what did you think about the event? Wasn't that an amazing event? Um, the, the event itself, okay, gives me a chance to do two things. Number one, meet other, meet other authors. And obviously, number two, just to sell a few books. I mean, I'm not, I'm never going to become a millionaire selling books. Uh, but just to spread that, that kind of goodwill uh, and that humor around it's kind of uh, enough of a reward for me. Uh, you know, I've done a couple of more. I did a travel uh, travel log with my wife. We took a cross-country tip in uh, 2015 after we retired. And my favorite book actually is not the one you have. It's it's a grand and a uh, cookbook that I did with my granddaughters and my wife um, that talks about a lot of family recipes, has a lot of illustrations in I gotta it. I got to have it. I got to have it. <laughs> oh, I'll send it. Okay. So I want to, can I comment on something you said that I, I, I am, I guess, offended. I don't like, I think we're maybe too strong, but I want to say that it's, it's, it's something I don't want my audience to hear. Can I, can I, can I interject a possible sure. uh, correction to what you sure. said? Okay. So you said, uh, I'll never be a millionaire selling these books. And I, I just would like to say that I sell the fact to authors that they will be as rich as they want to be by the impact of their books. 
the more their book impacts, it's not about the book sale, it's about who they become. So if you become a sought after speaker and people pay you to go around the world, and let's say you get $250,000, not in your pocket, but people pay you to travel the world to speak, I count that as actual income. I really do. And I call, I almost count it as priceless income. So I I tell every one of my authors that you make a book, you're not going to get rich off the book. You're going to get rich off what you do with the book to help you make a difference. And I just want to make sure, Larry, that I say that because I can't let that go. It's your book got you on this show. And this show is way more valuable than $10 or $20 for the book. Mm -hmm. I do things for you and with you because you have the right message here. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting. Yes. So we're not allowed something to think about. Yeah, you can think about it, but I want you to know that if uh, if someone hires you after this show and they're willing to pay you, let's say a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, whatever, you may not get rich off the book, but you got rich off what the book could do. Thank you, I appreciate it, and I love you. Thank you. you I love I love my top banana. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you really how did like- you come up? How did you come up with top banana though? I don't understand. I- I think the fact that you just seem like a, a very glib and very happy person and you enjoyed that banana. Like I've never seen someone enjoy a banana. I said, <laughs> I said, this, this guy is definitely a top banana and, and you do love bananas. I do. I, I do. Mean, just, just the way you had respect for that banana. You said, I am going <laughs> to eat you with love. <laughs> and enjoyment. Hey, I'll tell you what, Dr. Uh, Dr. Jed, that's a book in the making right there. Just the love of food and how much food. Mm-hmm. Not just nourishes you, but how it brings your energy level up because you just love what it's doing for you. It's you funny know, because I, I actually, at one point, when I finished the um, book about the, the recipes with my granddaughters and my wife, and my grandson also, he has a recipe in there for fo- uh, for uh, frozen popsicles. He was five at the time. We put his recipe in there also. Um, I was actually under the weather uh, one Christmas Eve, and couldn't really have, participate in the seven fishes of Christmas, and uh, wrote an article about not being able to enjoy that that, that traditional seven fishes of Christmas. And I actually sent the book. I had read the book, started to read the book uh, by um, Stanley Tucci, called Tastes, which was absolutely amazing. I mean, I loved it. And I actually sent him a copy of the book. I never, I don't expect him to respond, but I was so, uh, I was so amused and I was so touched by what he had written in his book. I just sent him a copy of mine. That's beautiful. Um, So bananas have a a lot of meaning to me, uh, actually. I'm going to see if I can find this real quick and share it with you. Um, It'll be kind of special if I can find this. Okay, so I have... I have taken pictures of people uh, with bananas. Um, so let me just see if I can do this. And the other thing is I, I love bananas with uh, peanut butter. That's just, well, there you go. I mean, yeah. it, it is wonderful stuff putting peanut butter with it. So let me see if I can find um, some photos here that you will really, really, I think, love. And I'm going to take off the word calls. And I love plantains. I love when they're uh, cooked in honey and they're almost overdone. All right, so you ready for some banana? Uh, there you go. One. So this is this is unusual. I'm showing some of the photography stuff here. So can you guys uh, can you guys see the the banana here? Mm. There you go. So yep. there. Look at these. Look at this. So these are people making banana calls. 
And then here's another uh, flurry of banana calls. Look at that guy. <laughs> and that's me, that's me with the banana completely inside my brain. <laughs> and look at this. I mean, these people are having so much fun yeah. doing banana calls. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and a lot of these people are super successful. And I just hand them a banana. I said, there's someone who wants to talk to you. And they would just grab it in two seconds. They had these expressions. There's my son. Right. So, so bananas have three, three, I guess, aspects of why I love them. One is peanut butter. Two is in cultures that take plantains and, and put them with honey and, and cook them. It is almost to die for. I mean, I, I would almost rather have the banana and the honey than the, than the lamb and the meats that they're serving. And the third is all the humor I've had with my camera capturing a banana calls. So we have uh, several minutes until rapid fire. Kevin, since you have hung in here, you're going to be part of rapid fire. Since you don't know, since you don't know about this, I'm going to tell you the questions so you can start thinking about them, and then they're going to get the questions as well. So it'll go, uh, Jed, uh, Jed, Kevin, Larry. So we'll keep it in alphabetical order: J, K, L. Got it. So the first question I'll be asking is: What book changed your life? What movie inspires you? What song gets you going? Um, who's your hero? And uh, what quote do you live by? And that's if we start it and you don't give explanations, you just give the answer. So we give the audience as much great information. So that's going to be in about a minute or two. Larry, I love your book and I love you. Is there anything else you could would like to embark with people to include how they can reach you? Uh, they can reach me via email, which is LV as in Vincent. My last, last name, Grimaldi, G-R-I-M-A-L-D-I. That's correct. And, four and nine at Gmail. Four nine. Okay. And uh, twenty twenty four. What's uh, what's on the big plate? Are you going to be back at the RIA? Um... I will be back at Aria, and actually, volume two of that book is coming out in January. Another, awesome. Another fifty, another fifty pieces. And you went with Stillwater River Publications. Yes. I will. I will do my best to earn the fact that I get to be part of your hundred. And I, I almost want to. I almost want to do a uh, hundred. A hundred and one shades. Actually, it's titled another fifty. <laughs> I, I know that, but I want to be the publisher of a hundred and one. Oh, All right, you never know. Yeah, because then I have one more than the two that the other publisher oh, did. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, your book will go around the world. I, you know, I start, I already bought ten flights for next year just to get the book tour going in the right place in January, February. So I'm going to Cleveland. I'm going to uh, Myrtle beach and Atlanta and a couple and Tampa other places, but Jed, I'm taking your book. We just have to have that conversation so we can get your book to fit in my, uh, in my suitcase and let the world know that these books will change your life as will this book. So is there anything else you want to say before we go to rapid fire, Larry? Uh, no, I think I pretty much covered it. Okay, so we're going to go. If Kevin's not present, then we're hopping back and forth with you guys. Oh, Kevin's back. Okay. So, Jed, we're starting with you. What book changed your life? The Prophet. I love that one. I love that one. That's a great one. All right. Um, and, Kevin, what book changed your life? Right now, I'm still reading it, but it's Law of Success. Beautiful. Larry? Actually, there are two books. I read the biographies of Abraham Lincoln and Harry Truman. Awesome. And all those can be links we put later. So don't worry about that part. Uh, a movie that inspires you, Jed. What movie? Yeah, a movie that inspires you. Goodwill Hunting. Letting go of the past, facing yep. the present. Amen. I love that movie. I just saw it uh, for like the eighth time just recently. So, uh, Kevin? 
the movie 300 with, you know, Leonidas, you know, the, the Spartan Empire. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I it's a great one. I love the documentary on Usain Bolt, too. It's a beautiful documentary. Uh, Larry? Tombstone, because I love the old, the old West. What was it called? Tombstone. Okay, cool. Yes, got it. Um, what song gets you going? What's your what's your favorite artist, uh, Jed? Um, yeah, I, that's a tough one. I, I don't have a quick. You don't have quick. to. You don't have to. We can put a link later, Kevin. Okay. With, Bob, with, Marley, Bob Marley, turn your lights down low. You know uh, what I mean? And they did a great redo of that too. Yeah. Redo, wonderful too, Larry. Uh, Bob Estrasian, the song is what is uh, one more look at you. Great, beautiful. Uh, who's uh, who's your hero, Jed? Uh, I go back to my childhood in Hawaii. My first TV, seeing Superman on TV. So the early Superman. Okay, and uh, Kevin. God is my hero. Awesome, Larry. <laughs> my hero is my wife. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, what quote do you live by, Jed? Uh, I I think. Uh, it changes, but the quote I heard earlier, I'm going to adopt, a story is a conversation. Beautiful. Kevin? Okay. My personal quote is, if you wait until you're ready, you'll be waiting your entire life. Amen. words, just flow. I, know. Just go. I got you there. Larry, go ahead. One day at a time. So I'm going to throw a quote in. I don't always do this, but I am really embracing the fact that I have not swayed from this quote, which is by Gandhi. Happiness is when what you think and what you say and what you do are in harmony. And I have a shirt I was contemplating wearing today, and I didn't wear it, but this is the shirt. Greatness. Yeah. And Kevin, Kevin has inspired me that I'm going to be wearing this shirt more. And we're going to come up with a, a company, Kenny and I, called Positivity Tees, as in T-shirts. Mm -hmm. So we'll bring that message. So it was such a, an honor to have you guys on the show. And our our sponsors are Perfect Publishing, the Umbrella Syndicate, Amplified, and of course the Keep Smiling Movement. And today, Keep Smiling Mon. So, Larry and Kevin, you guys are such lights in the world. I look forward to doing whatever I can to help amplify what you guys are doing in 2024. To include carrying your books. And by the way, Kevin has told me he's inspired. He is going to do a book or two in next year, so he will be a new author, and he will possibly come to the RIAA Book Festival December, early December of next year. How about that, Kevin? Yeah, man, we did it, we did it. I'm there. All right. Well, stay amplified, have a happy holidays, and start thinking about how you can amplify goodness in 2024. It'll make a difference in your life. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.